And this, the candle in the middle represents the Christ candle. So as we go through the four weeks, this week, uh, last week was hope. This week is joy. And then we have, sorry, this week is love. Then we have joy. Then we have peace. And then on Christmas Eve, we will light the, the Christ candle. But we look forward not just to Christmas. We look forward to the second coming of Christ. And that's what Advent is all about. Can I have my scripture readers and... I don't have a microphone. Candle lighters, please. Come on up here. Okay. Did Hector steal the microphone? <laughs> what can we use, Mr. Soundman? Yeah, but the people online can't hear. Okay, can I take one of these microphones? Thank you. Let me just light the, the implement of flammability. Now you're lighting the hope candle, right? That's this one right here. We want to... What are you hoping for, Gabe? Hoping for love. I like that. Well, may your hope become real. I think you have lots of love, don't you? Let me go around that side. We're going to light the other one on the other side. So ladies, scripture please. First John 4.2 This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. John 1.14 So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Thank you, ladies. The King comes. The King is coming. That is the joy, the hope, the love, and the peace that we have in Christ. So today, as you've already heard, uh, is Toy Run Day. So you just heard that noise. You'll be hearing motorbikes come throughout the service, and then 12 o'clock is registration time. There'll be a whole bunch of them out there. So if you like bikes, go on out and take a look. And um, I think Hector already said, don't touch the bikes. <laughs> Looking is good. We're in a series called Living by the Spirit, and today... We have this theme of light. We just sang about light. I call today's message Light Living. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5. In two weeks here, we're going to be looking at light. We're not going to do the whole chapter this week. We don't have time for that, so I've cut it into two. So I want to go do what we've been doing each week, go back to the last couple of verses in the previous chapter to give us context. Because the way the, the scripture has been broken up in Ephesians. Each section kind of begins with a, a therefore or because of. And if you don't go back and read the because of, you, you don't really get the context. So right at the end of, of chapter 4, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God 
through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Now, this passage of scripture, I must have been hungry when I was putting this together because it, it, it reminds me of a double-decker sandwich. You ever had a double-decker sandwich? We go to the, There you go. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Go, go to the next one, please. I remember, it doesn't look as good as the first one. I remember um, the village where I met Sandra. Before I met Sandra, a good friend of mine, that's how I met Sandra, lived in this village. And every time I went out to visit, his mom would make us these double-decker sandwiches. Bread, fried egg, bacon, bread, fried egg, sausage, bread. Yeah, I mean, it was like a heart attack in a sandwich. And oh my gosh, they were good. And we'd eat two of them each. <laughs> I mean, we were young. It was crazy. This, this passage of scripture is kind of like that. Because that there's a, a part of the scripture that talks about what it means to live in the light. And then there's a whole bunch of bad stuff. Stuff that we kind of like, but it's still bad stuff. It's not good for us. Then there's a section in the middle again about living in the light. Then another bunch of bad stuff. And then there's a section at the end about living in the light. And then Paul ties it up with a nice little passage on, on, on gratefulness. So verses 1 and 2 are the bread. And Jesus is the bread of life, right? We're going to celebrate communion here today. So we got the bread of life, then we got that bad stuff, then we got the bread of life, then we got the bad stuff, then we got the bread of life, and then we're going to tie it together, all right? So he begins here, he says, imitate God, therefore, therefore, seeing that God in Christ has forgiven you, all that good stuff at the end of chapter four, because of that, be like God. You've heard the saying, right? Like, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. We're supposed to imitate, we're supposed to look like Jesus. He is our Lord. He is part of the Trinity. And the longer that we're with him, the more we're supposed to, to look like him. Anybody ever have this experience? I, and it, I can't help it. It's usually a negative thing. Sometimes you say something or you do something and you hear your parents' voice. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know why it's never the positive stuff. It always seems to be the negative stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, that's my mom speaking. But we are to be like Christ, like God. And, and, and Paul says it's a pleasing aroma, like a double-decker sandwich. It's like, oh, yeah, that smells good. You ever been by a bakery when they're baking bread? This smells good, doesn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, I want a sandwich now. So our lives are, 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 are to be pleasing. So it starts off with this light living, something that is good. Now it goes to something that stinks. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I find it so interesting that, you know, when, when you look at the contrast that Paul paints here, you would think that the opposite of no sexual immorality and impurity would be purity, right? The opposite of greed would be generosity. But he doesn't use that. What, what does he use? 
Instead, be thankful. Be thankful. Thankfulness is the opposite of this immorality. Have a grateful heart. Have a thankful heart. It's just odd to me. So let me give you a little bit of context here. Ephesus. So Paul is writing this letter to the people, the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was the next major city in the Roman Empire after Rome. It was the next largest city. It was a huge port. It was a huge trading center. Some estimates say it was 250,000 people, which back in those days was a pretty good size city. It was also a Roman barracks. So you've got sailors, you've got soldiers, and you've got all these traders that come into to Ephesus. And Ephesus was known as a place where people told coarse jokes, coarse humor, coarse language. It was kind of known for that. You want to get a good story? Go to Ephesus. You'll hear a good story. They're all hanging out in the bars, drinking and talking about things they shouldn't be talking about and laughing at things that they, they shouldn't be laughing at. So Paul does a neat little thing. The Greek word for that kind of talk is eutropelia. Okay? Eutropelia. The Greek word translated thanksgiving is eucharista. So they're kind of rhyming words. So Paul is saying, you know, instead of being that, be this. What's also neat is eucharista, eucharist, is also another word that is used for communion. It means thanksgiving. So again, he is, you know, be thankful, be thankful. He carries on. He says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. So they're living in this city of immorality. They were part of that immorality as Gentiles. They've come into this life of light, this, this life with Christ. And Paul is just saying, listen, don't be a part of that. Stay away from that. Separate yourselves out from all of that stuff. You're not part of that anymore. You're kingdom children. And the kingdom doesn't care for that kind of language. Doesn't care for those stories. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. You know what I love about this whole journey with Jesus? Who you were does not define who you are. Who you once were doesn't define who you are. In, in the human world, people like to hang on to who you were, right? Once a cheater, always a cheater. Not in Christ. You are a new creation. You are brand new. Don't let your old ways own you. Own the new you. Live for light. And that's where he goes on. He says, so live as people of light. Now, this is the second piece of the sandwich, the bread. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So think about that. The Holy Spirit that is in you, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, he gave you his Holy Spirit. And inside of you, it is generating something that wants to be good and right and true. This is why when we sin, you know, before I was a Christian, I really couldn't give a hoot. Like if I did something wrong, 
getting away with it was the best thing. You know, it's like, yeah. And there, there was no conscience. That, but when you ask Christ to come into your life, sometimes you don't let go of those things. They still kind of hanker onto you. There's still things that you do. But now all of a sudden, you don't feel good about it. Now there's guilt, there's everything else. It's because you've got this Holy Spirit, this light that is, is trying to push through and produces only what is good and right and true. And sometimes we battle against it. Don't smother your light with darkness. Let the light shine. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Let me ask you a question. How do you, de how do you determine what pleases someone? Throw something out at me. Say again? Get to know them. What else? Come on, Christmas is coming. You'd better figure this out real quick. Ask is a good thing, isn't it? Ask them. I mean, watch them, get to know them. Do you know the number one thing that pleases the Lord? You should. When we trust him. That's what pleases the Lord, when we trust him. Sin is the antidote of trust. It's not trusting the Lord. When we put our trust in the Lord, when we live in faith and in obedience, it pleases the Lord. You don't have to look too far. And then as a clue, he gave us a book with 66 books in it. If you're confused about what pleases the Lord, you should grab that and start reading because it's in there. A little sarcasm there, I'm sorry. And he wants us to live in faith. When we shrink back, that does not please him. So now we get back to the second part. Now we get the, the layer of sausage and egg. Smells good, but... Yeah. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Dark dwellers do not like the light. They hide from the light. Have you ever noticed how people like the night, don't they? You don't talk about day life, you talk about nightlife. What's the nightlife like in that city? Oh, it's wild, it's crazy. Oh, God, I want to go there. New Orleans, here I come. You ever been down Bourbon Street? It stinks. <laughs> it stinks of urine and vomit. And it's like, yeah, why? <laughs> why? Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Dark dwellers don't like the dark, don't like the light because it exposes them. It makes them uncomfortable. When you choose to live in the light, here's something that you probably you all know. When you choose to live in the light, there are some people that are not going to like you. I know when I became a Christian, when I changed my life, there were some friends. I wouldn't say they disliked me, but they were no longer comfortable with me. And I remember getting into arguments. We were at a party one time because that was our life. Sandra worked at the university. We used to hang out with the university crowd and I was normal. And then God got hold of me and I was no longer normal. And they all knew about it because I'm not the quiet, shy kind of person. 
And I remember getting into a big argument with somebody at this party one time. He said something about God, and I got right back at him, and everybody else backed away. They all went in the kitchen, and him and I are going at it in the other room. And It's different. It, 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 people that live in the dark don't like the light. They see us as holier than thou and judgmental, and we're not. Well, some people are, and if you are, you need to stop that. It's love that wins people. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. Think about what you're doing, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. He brings it back around. Your God's people live to please the God. Light livers live for the Lord, and the light that is within them the light that's within us gives us the strength to rise above the muck and the mire of this world. Even though sometimes it kind of draws us back, if you go to that light, it gives you a strength that is beyond yourself. And you're not fooled into sin. We know that those things feel good, taste good. We know that the end result is not good. Not going to go there. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Excuse me, I got an itch in my throat, <clears throat> frog in my throat. I love this image. I love this little piece that Paul puts here at the end of this passage. This is the image of a joyful person. You know, you're the, the, you, <clears throat> I don't know if you're like me, when, when you're really happy and you're content, you sing, don't you? Or you hum, or you whistle. You're going around the house. If you're with a group of people, you put some tunes on, or sometimes you put tunes on. I know sometimes I'm in the kitchen, and I, I don't have a very good voice, so when I'm alone, I can sing. And I love singing, and I love music. It, God gave us. There's a song I love from the 70s by Argent called God Gave Rock and Roll to You. I believe it. <laughs> he put a song in our hearts. And it, there's just something that when we're happy, yeah, I want to sing it out. And this image of, of these people, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Like Jesus is looking down, God's looking down, look at that one, he's just going, he's like, yeah, I'm happy, God, I'm happy. This is a joyful person. You know the saying, they light up the room. That's who we're supposed to be. When we are light livers, wherever we go, we light up the room. We light up the relationship. We light up the situation. Whatever's going on, you ever go into the office sometimes or into work and everybody says, when we get in there, that atmosphere is supposed to change because we bring light with us. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Isn't it a great day? Dark dwellers don't like the light, but we're still called to be light. Sometimes we're annoying to dark dwellers. They think it's fake. They don't understand that you can have an inner joy. And Paul is telling us in this passage of Scripture, we all used to be that way. That was you. 
It's time to wise up and start living who we are. We are changed. We are different. We have a light within us, something that calls us to do good, to do what is right. He's saying, let that light just shine out of you. And then he ties it all together with this last little verse. And give thanks. That was at the beginning, remember? And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It starts with thanks. It ends with thanks. I think, no, I don't think I know. The heart at the heart of joy, at the core of joy, is gratitude, is thankfulness. That's why the Bible talks about it so much. Gratitude fuels joy. Joyful people are grateful people, and grateful people are generous people, because it just comes out of them. They're generous with their love. They're not guarded. They're not... I mean, there's this joy inside of them, and it comes out as gratitude, and they're... They're thankful for the love that they've received from God and from others, and they just want to give love away. They're just, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Think about the people who love you the most. Just think about that for a second. Do you take that love for granted? Are you grateful for that love? Do you let the love that you receive flow through you and out to others? Or are you selfish with that love? Grateful people let it flow. They just let it flow. They're generous with their time. People that have joy with them, who are grateful, are just generous with their time. They're the people who, when stuff's going on, they'll take time to listen. They're the ones that will call you and say, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Let's get together. Let's have coffee. They're generous with their time because they're grateful for the time that others have spent with them. Do you take time for people? Grateful people do. And they're generous with their talents. You know, Hector talked about it. It's, I just love it. This is a generous church. It really is. I mean, you get out there and there's all these people come to help put things up. We've got the living nativity. It's all filled up. And we've got the toy run today. And it's good. Grateful people are generous with their talents. You got something you need. I know, <laughs> I remember one time I came here. This is years ago. I came here. It was one of those weeks when everything's going wrong. We had two services, and in the first service, I said something about my toilet. My toilet had started leaking. I got home after the second service. Somebody that was in the first service had gone out, bought a toilet, installed it, and when I got home, there was a new toilet. They used their talents. They're generous. And they're generous with their talents because they're grateful for the talents that God has given them. God, how can I use what you've given me to bring light into other people's lives? And grateful people are generous with their treasure because they're grateful for their treasure. 
They realize that, that everything that they have is a gift from God. Their money doesn't own them. Their stuff doesn't own them because they know they don't own their money. And you know something? It's way easier to give away. It's way easier to be generous with someone else's stuff, isn't it? And if you can get it in your head that the stuff you have isn't yours, it's easier to be generous with it. We're going to talk about that again in a minute. Grateful people are generous people. They are free. Selfish people, the filling in the sandwich here, take. Selfish people are not grateful people. They're always looking at what they don't have. They're always comparing what they have with someone else and thinking, oh, why do they have that? Why don't I have that? I didn't have that. They have that. Maybe I don't have that. Not fair. That's, that's the moniker of the selfish person. Not fair. The grateful person is just grateful for what they get. It's just a flip-flop. It's the exact opposite. One is light. One is dark. The more gratitude you have, the more generous you are. And the more generous you are, the more joyful you are. That's light living. Charles Dickens wrote a book about this, didn't he? We all know it. Christmas Carol, Scrooge. Starts off with Ebenezer Scrooge transformed from a miserable miser to a joyful giver. Now here's the deal. We were all that way at some point. Some still are. Because it's a journey. We're on a journey. Living in the light is not natural to us. We're born into sin. Darkness is natural to us. We are dark dwellers by nature. But when we enter into a relationship with Christ Jesus, we become light livers. And living in the light is something that we have to work at. You know, do you remember when you first came to Jesus? Do you remember that time when you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? It's like, yeah, Jesus, right? Am I alone in this? It's like, yeah, Jesus. I've been saved. I've decided to put my trust in Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. But then as Jesus comes into our lives and he puts the Spirit in us and he starts working on us and he starts digging away at those dark corners... It's like, yay, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And sometimes there's, there, there's some guilt that goes on. There, there's some struggle that goes on. And, and when we feel that way, what we naturally do, we want to go run and hide in the dark again. Oh, leave me alone a little bit, Jesus. You can come in later, but not right now. You have to learn to become a light liver. Now, I don't know... If you notice or not, read this passage again later. But Paul does this, the, 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 the bread, the filling, the bread, the filling, the bread. There's an interesting contrast in there. Very often when he's talking about the deeds of darkness, it's person. It's singular. But when he talks about living in the light, it's plural. It's communal. We live in the light together. We bring light into each other's lives. If you want to learn how to bring light into, into your life, intentionally seek to bring light into somebody else's life. Start thinking about ways how you can brighten up somebody's life, and that will bring light into your life, joy into your life, that will make you generous, that will make you happy. 
And we want to help you with that this season of giving. To be generous. Is Hector in here? Do you have the microphone? We were looking for that earlier. <laughs> Thank you, sir. He's sitting right in front of me here. Is Hector in here? I try not to see him. He's usually laughing at me. <laughs> so, last week we talked about a little thing that, um, that we're going to do. This church is generous. This is a very generous church. You know, we had the fall festival. We got tons of coats. We got tons of things for family. And, and then um, we had the toy run today. Oh, we had Thanksgiving serve 30-something families. Today we've got the toy run. I want to give you an opportunity to bring light into someone's life. Like I said, it's easier to give stuff away when it's not your stuff, right? So let me see if you got this. How much of your stuff is yours? None of it. It all belongs to God. So that's the first thing that we've got to get in our head. So a few years ago, we did this thing, and we called it the Love Gift Challenge. Is that what I'm calling it? Yes. And um, over the Christmas season, we, we gave people money. We said, go on out and give this away. Find opportunities to give some money away. Well, somebody came to me the other week and said, Pastor Mike, I remember when we did that, and, and my, my dad did that with my kids, granddad, and, and it was just such a great lesson for them to learn to give. It brings light in your life. And he said, I'd love for Lakeway to do that. And donated $2,500 for us to give away over the Christmas season. Now, I like, to, to, I like people to be invested. So I'll put a couple of little rules, if you like, on it. If you want to be part of this, you have to match so if you want $500 of this money to give away, put 500 of your own in. Now you've got 1,000. If you can't afford $500, then give 10. Put 10 in. We'll give you 10. Give 20 away. We've, we've got our grandkids. We're giving each one of them $25 to, to give away. Now there's an art to doing this. You've got to be sensitive. I want Becky to come up. And the reason I want Becky to come up, Becky... Ever since that time that we did that some years ago, Becky kind of took that on herself, and she consistently does this kind of thing. So I just want you to just share a little bit about how you do it, all right? Thank you. So everybody knows I'm very shy. <laughs> so, so Sandra was telling me the other day, I don't even know how you do that, Becky, because Sandra says she couldn't do it. I'm like, you got to get out there with the expectation of, just, you know, knowing that you're going to bless somebody. So don't be shy about it. You know, don't uh, have any qualms about it. Um, the last time that Mike did this, it was awesome. I went to Walmart and I looked around. I had to scope who did I want to help, you know. And I, I even said, okay, God, show me who I'm supposed to help. So I was in Walmart and a couple of families passed by. But there was this one lady with two kids and, and then I'm like, okay, God, give me the words to, to, to say something to her. You know, even as shy as I am, <laughs> you just don't know what to say. So I went up, and it just flowed out of me. And I just said, you know, hey, I'm from Lakeway. Um, my pastor has a challenge for me. 
I would love and be blessed for me to, for you to allow me to bless you today. I'm blessed. I would love to be allowed to bless you um, today. And so she kind of looked at me funny and, and I said, you know, just please give me this honor to purchase your groceries. And so I had no clue who she was or anything. And this is what's great about God as well, because we don't always know the fruit of what we do. And I didn't want to know anyway, but it was really nice that then the following week, a friend of mine from just, you know, somebody I know, she was saying how her coworker had said, oh, my gosh, you should see. It was really nice. God bless me because this lady came up and said, that she was going to buy my groceries. And I started crying. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she was, she, the lady had um, just, my friend, she just started working with my friend, okay? And so she was out of a job. So she didn't have much money. And so anyway, she was struggling. And that was God's blessing to her for me to bless her with that money and buy her groceries. I just thought that was amazing. And that God was allowed me to actually uh, hear the fruit of, of you know, uh, by my friend. And I didn't say anything at first, but, you know, then I ended up telling her because I was so excited <laughs> that, you know, hey, that was Lakeway and that was my church and that's what I did for your friend. But anyway, because we're not supposed to boast. <laughs> so, so I like the way you, you approach her. So what is it you said to her? Uh, please allow me to, you know, have the opportunity to bless you. You know, you know I mean, because we, we don't want to be sound pushy or... Um, the Lord Jesus has given me this. Yeah, I would like him, to bless you. Know, you. Hit with some, yeah, you know what I mean? You, you want to be uh, humbling, you know, um, and just, of course, speak from the heart and, and let God flow through you. So it, it's pretty easy when God's there with you anyway. And, and I love and this you, opportunity. And you too, I know you've said to people in the past, if this is a blessing to you, pay it forward. Right. I go, I go to, um, I've done this in the last, you know, year, probably, I don't know, a dozen times where, and it's been such a blessing to me. I go to any of the rest of, of the fast food, okay, and I do pay it forward. I go up to the, um, the you know, checkout, the drive-thru, and I said, okay, I want to bless the person behind me. I'm paying for my food. I want to pay for theirs. And so I have told the little girl in the <laughs> in the little drive through there uh, I said this is such a blessing you have the opportunity to tell them that I'm blessing them and you know they usually get excited about it too and and so I'm telling them please have them pay it forward and so they really like that you know that I'm doing that and that they get to be a part of that to tell them I'm I'm paying it forward so I would suggest you guys try that because it's really awesome. And, and there's a few times I've had it done to me, you know, where I've been at a restaurant, sitting there the whole time. I can look you straight in the eye and not even know you. And then later I find out you're the one who paid for my meal. So it, it really is awesome uh, bless, to bless others and then be blessed by God. So thank you. Thank you. Give her a hand. So. If you can, match the donation. Kelly and Pat are going to be sat at the back there. Where are you going to be, Kelly? Right there. So you can go back there at the end of the service and say, give me $25. Give me $50. we got $2,500. We're probably not going to get rid of $2,500 this week, so you'll hear me asking again next week. 
be respectful. Invite the person if you can. Hey, a part of Lakeway, we've got the living activity going on. We've got, come and be, come to our candlelight service on Christmas Eve. And then if God gives you a story that's appropriate to share, we'll share some of the stories. Now, we want to be respectful of people's privacy. It's not about a show. But it is nice to know that you've been a blessing because that is a blessing to you, isn't it? You get opportunity to bring light into somebody's life. That's what this is all about. Talking of light, Hector Leo is going to lead us in communion, the Eucharist, the thankfulness. Good morning, everybody. And for those that are helping out, if you can go ahead and... Uh, help us up there. And I asked uh, the Kinsleys to come up, and if you don't mind coming on up. We're doing something different. Um, I get the privilege to see the calendar ahead of time and know exactly when we're having communion, and I have the honor today to actually uh, lead us in communion. And I wanted to share, this. it means a lot to me. Uh, growing up, I grew up in a Catholic church, and I remember just as a kid, as long as I can remember going up and taking communion, uh, having the bread placed in my mouth and then drinking from this goblet of wine and uh, never understood. 23 years ago, um, God changed my life. He changed my heart and uh, accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And at that point, I recognized that the Lord's Supper is just much more than a ritual or something that is, should be taken for granted. And if you think about that Last Supper, where the great room is also called where the disciples are met with Jesus. He goes up there with a heavy heart, understanding that this is going to be his last time with his apostles to teach them on this earth of who he is. And he's actually going to descend the Holy Spirit upon them, knowing that the next day he's going to be crucified. And this was the eve of his crucifixion. And as he gathered with his disciples, he took his bread and he broke it and he handed it to him after giving thanks and said, this is my body broken for each and every one of you. And he took the wine and he gave it to each one of his disciples. And he said, here, share, drink, for this is my blood shed for you. This is a new covenant in which I've basically surrendered his life for each and every one of us. And I started thinking about that, the magnitude of that. Being a father with two children, I couldn't ever imagine giving up a child for anyone else. I would say, God, take me. Take me. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He said, I know what's expected of me. And he did it for the new covenant of knowing that we would receive eternal life. I've asked Kayla and Phil to actually come up. and They're going to play a song. And we're going to dim the lights a little bit. I know I come with a heavy heart today because this is really a special time for me because we have to remember what God's done for us. And so many times we wait until Easter or wait for Christmas. But each and every time we break bread, we should remember what God's done for us. And we ought to give him thanks for the sacrifice that he's done for each and every one of us. Each and every day, the blessing that he bestows upon us. And just thinking about the toy run and Things give away. We're, we take so much for granted. So during this song, I want you to close your eyes and pray. And I know that a lot of us are burdened. It's difficult for a lot of people during the holidays 
because of lost loved ones, etc. But I want you to just surrender that. Give it up to God and just say, God, forgive me. Be with me. If you need somebody to pray with, I've asked Vicki and Mo to actually come up here. They'll be glad to pray with you. And during this song, let's just remember what Jesus has done for us and what this special time of taking the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, is all about. And after the song, we'll conclude. And at that point, we'll actually uh, close this in prayer. Understood? All right. God bless.
if you haven't already taken the bread of God and uh, drank, please do so. I'm sorry I wasn't clear. Um, the whole purpose of what I wanted to do today, and if I wasn't clear, I apologize. But so many times it's more of a ritual opposed to really understanding what Jesus has done for us. And uh, I was hoping to express that uh, today. And uh, if there's anything you need prayers for, there's a communication card right before you. And I ask that you uh, write those prayers down. And if you're new to Lakeway and this is your first time, I ask that you fill that card out. Every time we take communion, we actually take a special offering of benevolence for those in need. All the proceeds, all the money goes out away from the church to help those. And we're constantly receiving, unfortunately, those calls and those requests. Please help me. I can't make my electric bill or my gas bill so expensive. And, uh, and uh, so many times I've seen checks and money leave three or four or five, six, seven hundred dollars, thousand dollars at a time. And it's all because of your love and your gratitude and that unconditional love that God shows us each and every day. And don't forget what Mike said. Take the challenge. Take the plunge. I've been so blessed. In fact, I was talking to uh, Hungry Souls, and he's not in here, David. And he's in our small group, and he was telling me 30-some-odd families that they gave Thanksgiving to that might have not had a turkey, might have not had a meal prepared for them. And just the life stories that were able to be shared with him as he sat down with those families and he prayed individually. And we don't imagine the struggles that people have. And um, I don't have liberty to share, but wow, what a powerful testimony to be able to sit down and share God and what he's done for us and pray for somebody that really might not know him and see the love that God demonstrated by somebody just willingness to say, hey, use me, allow me. So take the challenge, take the plunge. And if it's just $10, it's $10, but that's 20 that we'll give somebody that might need it more than we do. And as you're leaving, as far as uh, the offering that we'll be taking for the benevolence, you could drop it off with very fair cloth as you're exiting the door. And at this time, I'd like to go ahead and close us in a prayer and uh, close out this wonderful day. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, Lord, you are the great I am. You're the Alpha, you're the Omega, you're the beginning, you're the end. And Lord, the season is all about you. And I know that television and commercialism makes it sound like it's wants and desires. But Lord, you're asking for us to be obedient, to show the love that you show us each and every day, the blessings that you give us to demonstrate that to those in need and those around us. Lord, I love the testimony of Becky being able to give somebody a blessing that you give to us and that we take for granted each and every day. Lord, allow us to be the people that you called us to be. Allow us to be sayers and doers of the word, more importantly than just sayers. Use us. And as we have events coming up, Lord, allow us to be purposeful, not eventful, for everything has a purpose. Today, the toy run, bless those riders, those, those givers that are going to help those that don't have Lord, uh, just protect them, give them safety. Lord, be with us as, Lord, 
we are the people and we try to become the people you called us to be. Protect us and guide us. And I just thank you for my family that I call Lakeway. And for those who are online, thank you for being with us this morning. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray and we say, amen. You are dismissed.